You're listening to The Catalyst with Samantha Chris, where we explore the inner workings of embracing the unknown, from ordinary daily habits to extraordinary measures. Get ready, we're about to ignite change and inspire action. Today's guest is a success coach, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and just kidding you guys, it's me. I'm today's guest. As you may know, I am in the business of change. As a success coach and change management professional, I help people navigate uncharted territory and I really help them find their place. No matter who you are or what you're going through, there's one thing that remains true for all of us. And it's that change is only ever a result of a crisis, a result of a choice, or just by chance. In any case, if we want to evolve, we have to adapt, which is easy for me to say as a change expert, right? Change is hard. I know, especially when you didn't see it coming. And I think that we can all agree that when we were declaring 2020 would be the year of clarity, no one expected for it to come in the form of a pandemic. But here we are being required to adapt and level up in ways that we couldn't have ever prepared for. We're being forced to assess our lifestyles, our choices, the way we run our businesses, the way we lead our teams, the way we show up for our communities. Everything is being put into perspective. And by the time this blows over, I trust opportunities for growth, both personally and professionally, will be made very, very clear. But it will only be made available if we embrace change. So I'm going to share 10 ways that you can practice adapting to change so you can remain agile and take advantage of those opportunities when they present themselves, which I promise you they will. So here we go. Number one, you've got to accept it. Change is the only guarantee in this life. And if you have any hope in adapting to change, you've got to change your mindset. You're allowed to feel helpless. You're allowed to feel angry, but you've got to move on. You can't let those feelings linger. Change is happening with your permission or not. And you are in control of your response to it. So you've got to accept the past or present situation and focus on what you can control, which is adapting for the future. There's a rule that I've implemented, which has been really, really helpful. And it's, I've basically given myself a time frame. I allow myself the liberty to have a pity party for one, but there is always a time frame on it. I accept that there will be bad days. I understand that some days I am less motivated than others, and I may just wake up on the wrong side of the bed, but I give myself that 24 hours and I'm done. At the 24 hour mark from whatever it is that I'm feeling, I recognize that I absolutely need to shift my trajectory because if I don't, that is the path that I will stay on. So like I said, feel the feelings, lean into them. You don't have to ignore them. You don't have to sweep them under the rug, but you do have to control how long you stay in that state. You do have to recognize that you have the ability to control what you do next 
And you have to recognize that if you're going to change, if you're going to fall into the flow of change that may have been forced upon you, that you have to do your part in adapting. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck in this feeling for far too long. Nothing good will come from that place. But so much potential is waiting on the side of opportunity, on the side of taking a chance, on the side of trying something new. You owe it to yourself to give that a chance. You owe it to your team. You owe it to your family. You owe it to your customers. Whoever it is that is dependent on your leadership, you owe it to them, but really you owe it to yourself. Number two is practice optimism. You don't have to like change. You don't have to even be happy about it, but being optimistic is mission critical for the people that you lead. Optimism is not about looking at the world through rose-colored glasses and ignoring risks. Optimism is about having the confidence in yourself, in your team, and in what you've collectively built to meet the needs of your audience. And it's about having the courage to admit when something isn't working and pivot to a more promising plan. Having optimistic views in your potential, in your vision, in your mission is really helpful in pulling you, even dragging you through those days where change feels really unbearable. And if you're feeling not particularly optimistic about your vision, that's a good place to start. Reassess what is it that no longer feels aligned. And how can you build a mission or a vision or an action plan that you can get behind and say, you know what, this is worth trying. Number three is doubling down on communication. So during times of change, communication literally has the ability to make or break your capacity to evolve. So you don't want to be afraid of over communicating and asking questions. And you want to encourage your team to do the same. It is important to check your ego at the door. Your ego takes up prime real estate in the room that could be used for fresh ideas, for new perspectives, and bold suggestions that will get you on the other side of this change. Communication, like anything else, requires a plan for it to be effective. So you want to consider things like how the information is being sent, what is expected of each stakeholder or group, what can they expect from you? Where can people go to find the plan and any necessary information that they might need to deliver their part? It's particularly important during these times of change to create a feedback loop. Effective change doesn't occur in isolation or through a megaphone. It requires input. It requires regular updates and measurements of success. So it's essential to give information, but it's just as essential to get it back to see how is this working? Is it having the intended effect? Are we on track? Are we able to pivot in the way we expected to and keep a two-way dialogue open? Number four, finding the humor in the situation. With change being potentially really uncomfortable situation, you might hear this and think, there's really not much to laugh about right now. And while you might be right that it feels a little heavier in the room 
than it usually does. There is a magic that laughter brings to certain situations. If you've listened to one of our prior episodes with Corey Sirota, she's a psychotherapist specializing in grief and loss. She reminded us that laughter is one of the best types of medicine. And it's not about telling jokes. It's not about trying to be funny. It's just about reminding yourself that it's okay to laugh, that even when you're stressed, even when you don't have the answers, that you are allowed to still integrate playfulness in your life, in your routine during these times. In fact, it is strongly encouraged. It will help balance the scale and make things feel a little more doable. A little bit of laughter can go a long way. It can be really appreciated and help set the tone for the rest of the call or for the rest of the day. Number five is to talk about problems more than feelings. This is not to say that feelings do not have a place in navigating change. That would be quite unfair to say. But when the stakes are high and when the change is large, it is really important to address where there are problems or flaws in the plan. Another one of our guests, Bala, he's the HR director for GE. He talked about this notion of painkillers versus vitamins. When I asked him how they went about initiating organization-wide change, he said the proposals that get accepted, that will get executive buy-in, that will rally the most support the quickest are the ones that alleviate our pain, are the ones in which we will feel the relief of immediately. Whereas vitamins, nice to have, they make us feel good. You know, they're, they keep us healthy, but they are not necessarily essential in this moment. And so when you're starting your team meetings, when you're looking at your roadmap, when you're thinking about what the heck do we do next, assess what the problems are for your market, for your company, for your people, and see how your team can serve as the painkillers or how their ideas can help alleviate some of the pain that your community is feeling. Number six, feed your values more than your fears. Change, oh gosh, change triggers fear like nothing else. Fear of the unknown, fear of failure, fear of not being good enough or strong enough to weather the storm, don't succumb to those fears. Instead, I strongly encourage you to use this as an opportunity to connect with your values. Remember, where your attention goes, your energy flows. So write down your values, put them on a post-it, write them on a Bristol board, write them on your screensaver, I don't care, but make them visible and allow them to guide your every decision, and every action. Number seven is find the lessons. Everything that you experience in a time of change is data. This data can be used to inform and optimize your next steps. So I want you to take stock of what's happening intrinsically. Are you tired? Are you quick to anger? Do you find yourself stress eating? Maybe you feel a surge in creativity. Are you observing all the holes in the plan that you thought was bulletproof? Recognize these things. What can they teach you? But don't stop there. 
I also want you to look at the extrinsic factors. How is the market responding? What are your competitors doing? What do your people, your employees, your customers, your partners, what did they need next? And how can you best show up for them? Leverage these lessons that you are learning and living and feeling right now to become more resilient and agile for future changes. Number eight is reach out for support. You are not expected to have all the answers at all times, but you are probably responsible for figuring it out. The good news is you don't have to do it alone. You can join professional groups. You can attend conferences, in this case, probably virtual. Make conscious efforts to expand your network of people who are on the same playing field. People who get what you're going through, who've experienced what you're experiencing and can offer insight, which you can apply. And that's the catch. You've got to apply it. So many times we attend these conferences, we sign up for groups, we download the ebook, we register for the webinar, and we may even listen all the way to the end and think, wow, that was really great knowledge. I'm going to do something with that on Monday. And then Monday comes and it's in one year at the next, or you're thinking, okay, great. This is a a really good time to put some of those ideas in place, but one thing or or another spirals out of control and you get caught up and you're in back-to-back meetings and something else has derailed you. And next thing you know, it's Friday and you think, oh darn, I forgot half the things that it was that I wanted to do. I guess it's too late. You've got to put them into practice. Even if it's one thing a week, Make a list of what it is that you want to try, that you want to implement, a conversation you've been meaning to have, a system you've been meaning to put in place, a phone call you've been meaning to make. Put your hand up and ask for help. Number nine, take responsibility. There is a good chance that you're finding flaws in your old strategy and your old belief system. What you don't want to do in times of change, particularly as a leader, is point fingers. You don't want to play the blame game or utter the words, I told you so. It's time to take full responsibility of what's not working and hold yourself accountable to the changes that you need to make to get things back on track. You need to take ownership if you're going to successfully adapt to this change or any change for that matter. Number 10, Identify what success looks like in your new normal. Maybe the goalpost has moved and you're seeing that yesterday's tactics will absolutely never get you to tomorrow's vision. Resist the urge to stay busy. Take action, of course, but do it with intention. Slow down before you speed up. Take time to plan before you begin to fire on all cylinders out of sheer panic. This may seem like a waste of valuable time in the midst of a crisis, but time invested in strategy upfront will save you in mistakes made in the execution. Your new normal will evolve. Your goals will evolve. Your strategy will evolve. But if you don't identify what success looks like at every stage, at every point, it's going to be really hard to identify if you are performing against your new plan, if you are actually on track, if you are succeeding the way you were expecting to. And again, 
to go back to an earlier point, you want to be able to have the courage to acknowledge when something isn't working. So even if in your new strategy, there's a point where it's just not working, that's okay. Don't let it not work for too long. Reassess, go through the list again, (laughs) accept it, remain optimistic, double down on your communication. Where could communication have fallen through the cracks? Find the humor in it. There's always something to laugh about. Talk about the problems, identify the solutions. Get back to your values when you're looking at how you can reroute and pivot again. Find the lessons, bring those to the surface. Reach out for support. Maybe there's someone you could have asked for help. Maybe there's someone new on your radar that you can reach out to who will help make this new plan ever more effective. Take responsibility for what didn't work and identify once again what your new normal looks like, what the success is expected to be. If you're struggling right now to adapt, just know that you are not alone. And if you're thinking to yourself, I really don't have anyone to ask for support. I don't have a community. I'm not part of any groups. I encourage you to reach out to me. We'll end this on one of my favorite change quotes by Jim Rohn, which states, your life does not get better by chance. It gets better by change. Thank you for listening, everyone. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Catalyst with Samantha Chris. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, I hope you're feeling a little more equipped to lean into the unknown and take inspired action.